Today is the first Sunday of Lent. Beginning with Ash Wednesday, Lent is a 40-day period, not including Sundays, leading up to Easter. As it recalls Christ's own 40 days of testing in the wilderness, Lent has traditionally been a season of prayer, fasting, repentance, sacrifice, and self-examination. Lent is a time for us to, to take spiritual inventory of our lives, to listen more carefully to God's word to us, and to respond with greater obedience. Therefore, it is appropriate that during this season of Lent, we will be hearing from the prophets of ancient Israel. Now, in our Old Testament, there are 15 books attributed to the prophets. There are the three major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. And then there are the 12 minor prophets, so-called because they were each short enough to be included on a single Hebrew scroll known as the Book of the Twelve. They are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and everybody's favorite, Malachi. The prophets have often been the victim of a great deal of misunderstanding over the centuries, but perhaps the, the most frequent misconception is that they were basically fortune tellers who predict, predicted the truth in specific detail, sort of a history written in advance. And while speaking of the future was a part of what they did, the purpose of the prophetic word was not to give a play-by-play -play of events happening perhaps centuries or even millennia down the road. Instead, the prophets were people who were inspired and commissioned by God to declare God's truth to his people in times of crisis, whether the people perceived the crisis or not. They were not mindless mediums, but conscious and sometimes even reluctant messengers and instruments of the Lord. The prophets always spoke directly into their context, and they were generally understood by the people who heard them, if not always well received. Mainly the prophets were accurate theological interpreters of current events. And they often spoke God's word of judgment on the nation for failing to live up to their covenant obligations as God's chosen people. When they did make predictions, it was generally pointing to the logical and inevitable consequences of the people's own actions and their unfaithfulness to God. They would assess the current situation and warn the people of how things would turn out as a result. Sometimes they left room for the people to repent and change their ways. Other times they simply announced that the axe was already falling and any change was now too little, too late. Now, the biblical prophets were concerned with a variety of themes in their work. They frequently reminded the Israelites of their covenant obligations to Yahweh, who had brought them out of slavery in Egypt and given them this new land. 
and therefore they were expected to be different from the nations around them. And because they were often not, God's judgment was upon them. Perhaps the most frequent indictment against the people was their failure to live out the justice that God demanded, mainly by refusing to properly care for the weak and the poor and the marginalized and the less privileged and affluent members of the community. The prophets were, prophets were also very concerned with proper worship. And they often railed against the people for just going through the religious motions, for offering God something less than their best, and especially for worshiping false gods. But the prophets also spoke inspiring words of hope, painting in poetic strokes, grand visions of renewal and restoration and healing when God himself would come at last and make things right. Now the prophets whose words and actions were written down and preserved in Israel arose during three basic periods of Israel's history. In the years prior to the exile in Babylon, during the exile in Babylon, and in the years following their return from the exile. This morning we take a look at the prophet Haggai, who was the first prophet of the post-exilic period. In the year 538 BC, after the fall of Babylon, King Cyrus of Persia ended the exile when he decreed that the Jewish people could return to their homeland. Well, when the first exiles arrived in Jerusalem, they immediately set to work rebuilding the temple, which had been destroyed by the Babylonians 50 years earlier. However, due to inadequate resources and tensions and conflict with their neighboring Samaritans, construction was soon abandoned. And for the next 17 years, the temple was neglected. It was now late August in the year 520 BC. Circumstances were difficult for many of the people. Much of Jerusalem still remained a ruin. Tensions were hot between the returned exiles and the Jews who had been left behind in Jerusalem because they both felt entitled to the land. Hostilities continued with their neighbors. Crops were failing and food was scarce because of a terrible drought that made survival difficult, especially for the less affluent members of the community. But then the word of the Lord came to the people through the prophet Haggai, saying, These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. But is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now the people surely had all kinds of excuses for why it was inconvenient for them to begin rebuilding the temple. 
The 70 years of destruction predicted by the prophet Jeremiah were not yet completed. Uh, the promised Messiah had not yet shown up to restore the temple and its worship. Uh, the neighbors were still causing problems for them, making it for unsafe work conditions. The drought, oh, the drought sure had been hard on them, and they just didn't have the resources. The people had no shortage of excuses. Of course, when it comes to our relationship with God, excuses always come so easily for us, don't they? Or at least they do for me. And yet God is never very impressed with my excuses. And God was not very impressed with their excuses either. And so Haggai calls the people out, saying, Give careful thought to your ways. After all, they certainly seem to have the time and the resources to spend building up their own houses. In fact, they were knocking themselves out to fancy them up. And then Haggai makes this shocking claim that the drought and the failed crops, which were a part of the people's excuse were actually God's judgment on them for their confused priorities. For they had focused only on their own self-centered concerns and comforts and had left God outside in the cold. They had forgotten that God was to have first place in their lives and that they were to trust God to provide for their needs. As a later prophet would say in his Sermon on the Mount, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. And amazingly, in a rare moment in prophetic history, the people actually listened to Hosea, and they did give careful thought to their ways. And they responded. Within three weeks, temple construction was underway. And within five years, the second temple was complete. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, so what? I mean, that's an interesting history lesson, but what does any of that have to do with us? I mean, we don't need a temple anymore. That's why Jesus came. He himself replaced the temple with his own body and, and, and life, fulfilling the temple's purpose as the place for atonement for the sins of the people and the place where God's presence was to be found. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians about Jesus, for in him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through the blood of his cross. So you're right. The Jewish temple, if it even still existed, is now obsolete for all eternity because the risen Christ is our temple. 
we make up his body. And that means, whether we realize it or not, that every one of us in whom Christ lives is the temple of the Lord. As Paul wrote to the Corinthians, do you not know that you are God's temple and that the Holy Spirit dwells within you? Through our union with Jesus Christ, we are all now temples of the living God. And the prophet Haggai is asking each one of us, how's construction going? Are you building up the Lord's temple within you? Or are you busy building something else instead? Truth is, all of us are building a temple in our lives of one kind or another. A temple that is dedicated to the God or gods that we worship. Those gods might be our career, our peers, our bank account, our wardrobe, our social media audience, our children, or like the people in our text, our God might be ourself and our own egos. And like them, we too have no shortage of excuses for why we have neglected to build up the Lord's temple in our lives. Oh, I'm, I'm just too busy to, to get involved or, or, or to make a commitment or to volunteer my time. Uh, my kid has practice on Sunday mornings. We can't come. Uh, there's just not enough hours in the day for me to spend in prayer and, and reading my Bible. I just have so much to do. I already spent everything I have this month. I just don't have anything left to contribute to the church. We all have a bottomless bucket of excuses, don't we? But as Haggai makes clear, God is never very impressed with our excuses. After all, we always seem to have the time and the energy and the resources for the things that matter most to us in life, don't we? Well, what that reveals is that we too have confused our priorities as the covenant people of God. I mean, and it's so easy to do around here, isn't it? Where the pressure is great to go along with the crowd to be the most successful or the best dressed or to have houses or cars or vacations that impress our neighbors or to have children who surpass their classmates in academics or athletics or other skills. It's easy for us to get caught up in worldly ways of thinking and forget that we are called to be different from the world around us. It's easy for us to put so many other things ahead of our relationship with God. And yet, as Haggai reminds us, it is that relationship and that relationship alone that makes everything else in our life right. And so as we begin our Lenten journey this week, 
The prophet Haggai calls out to each one of us saying, give careful thought to your ways. After all, our, our bodies and indeed our very lives are the temple of the living God. And we have been called to dedicate our lives to building up that temple by making worship a top priority each week. By making time for prayer and, and, and studying God's word. By, by volunteering our time to, to serve those less fortunate than we are. By, by going to Bible studies and, and Sunday school classes. By, by treating other people the way Christ has treated us. By, by committing our resources to support the mission of Jesus Christ through the church. By cutting out habits and TV shows and other influences that slowly destroy the Lord's temple within us. Give careful thought to your ways, Haggai says. What kind of temple are you building in your life? Are you building up the temple of the Lord? Or are you busy constructing some other temple while the Lord's house within you remains a ruin. Give careful thought to your ways, Haggai cries out to us from across the centuries. The time to start building is now.